Welcome to the New Life Digging Deeper podcast, where we take Sunday sermons a step further, giving you the opportunity to gain greater understanding and ultimately grow your relationship with Jesus. Well, hey, everyone. Thank you for joining us for the Digging Deeper podcast today. We are so glad to be with you wherever you are on this day. I'm Brian Wilmarth. I'm the senior pastor at New Life Church, and uh, it is a privilege to join today with Dave Lloyd. He's one of our elders, and he preached our last message in this parable series. So, Dave, thanks so much for being here today. We're really glad to have you. I'm, I'm definitely glad to be here. Yeah. So, hey, just because uh, maybe not everybody knows you, would you tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, where you come from? What uh, what brought you to New Life? Uh, a little bit of your backgrounds, things like that. All right. Well, I do want to say this is my second podcast ever. That's right. So I'm, that's right. I don't, does that make me podcast famous? I hope so. <laughs> I, I I would like that to be true. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what the people say. Uh, we'll see if I'm podcast fa- famous yet, but uh, we may not be there yet. But so my background is, you know, I grew up Lutheran. My mom played the uh, the organ in church, and so mm-hmm. we went to we went to church every Sunday. Um, and so going through college, I did not go to church hardly at all. And so, yeah, I, but you know, once, uh, I met my wife, we started going back to church and that type of stuff. And, you know, I've always worked with, uh, I've always gravitated towards youth. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so when you look at like preaching, I've, I've taught, I like to say taught versus preaching like the armory and, uh, youth I've done that's where I started teaching hmm. from before okay. is preaching up there and doing those things. And I loved it. Mm-hmm. And I got way more out of it. Like mm-hmm. every time I preach, it's, it might be a little difficult, but I love sure. how God is talking to me and he shapes it for me. So it's, yeah. it's been good. That's awesome. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I appreciate the work that you do with, uh, with our students. You know, I know you, you and the team are doing a great job carrying the, the ministry through a lot. So, um, appreciate all of your investment. We have an way. we have an awesome group. We do. I mean, yeah. we have an awesome group over there, and they're really sound mm-hmm. with scripture, which is amazing. So it's just like you're, these guys are way past where I was <laughs> when I was their age. Way past. Sure. So it, it's awesome that they're showing up. That's so cool. That's yeah. so cool. Well, um, let's let's talk about the parable that you preached on. So you preached from from Luke 14 on counting the cost. Uh, and I, again, I love the message. It was so helpful for me. A great reminder on on what does it mean to follow Jesus and and, and how do we be ready to count the costs and all of that. But why did you choose this parable? Like before we get into the details of it, why did you why did you choose this one? So 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 a couple words were in my head for a long time. Just in the past several months, I had heard them somewhere, mm. and so it was basically how it was built different. Mm. How okay how we're just we're just built different and i started feeling that and i started feeling it out when i'm outside a church i started feeling like um, the things that people were talking about and getting angry about and the way they were just the emotions that went into all this this noise i think i called it noise when i was up there that i was like why are you acting like that? Why, why am I not gravitating to where you guys are at? And so mm. I started looking it up that I was like, well, why am I, why am I different? different. Yeah. And so in that verse or that parable came up that mm. on the okay. counting the costs that, because honestly, I mean, there were times and it could have been at work where I was, um, 
not agreeing with what everybody was else was saying and I you know I yeah. stood up to that yeah okay and it was you know it was a moment where I knew I had kind of crossed a boundary there for them mm, okay and so all of a sudden I was starting to feel a little shout out um, yeah. from the, some of their conversations and I, I didn't like it yeah you know it you know to be real i mean it hurt my feelings yeah. you know because i wanted to be you want to be accepted yeah, right of course of i course. mean i wanted to be accepted and i want people to like me i mean that's just i think that's kind of natural and in this instance i was feeling shut out and i was like uh i need something i need yeah. something scriptural to yes. to help yep. me through this mm-hmm. and so in god that's what God gave me. He gave me that one almost immediately. Um, and when I say gave me, I mean, I, I can't even remember. Yeah. I can't remember how. I mean, it just sure. it just was there, and I started looking it up, and maybe I looked for verses online or something to sure. say, help me through this. What? And it was counting the cost. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it's one of those things that once you start walking on that path of searching, mm-hmm. I think that's what God wants, right? Yes. Doesn't he want us to search him out in yes. whatever way that is? And yeah. um, that's what he gave me. Wow. I love that that was birthed out of real life. Yeah. And, and I imagine so many of us have experienced that in some form at one point or another where we've we've longed for like, okay, we're feeling shut out. We're feeling um, on the outside. We're feeling, you know, like whatever it is. And, and God, you know, how do you, how do you interact with this? Help me understand and and you found you found the scriptures to be alive and and moving and helpful in that way. Absolutely, so I, I love that. That's how it came to be. Yes, absolutely. Man, that's so good. So okay, so you you arrive at this parable and you feel that that burden to teach it, and I love that. That's so cool. What did you learn that was new or different, or, or something that you didn't see before in this past as you as you prepared for this sermon? What what did you learn that was new? Yeah, so I mean, originally I had my my mindset on that built different concept, mm-hmm. yeah. right? It was like, okay, we're we're being we're being built different, and mm-hmm. so there's there's no way around it that we're going to be different than everybody else that's not a mm-hmm. Christian, right? Yeah, yep. we're. We just are. Yep. But it. But what really grabbed me, which is still part of it, is still part of it. But was that ears to hear? Mm. You know, originally when I read the, you know, that whole last verse thirty five was like, okay, um, I hope you had ears to hear. I was like, oh yeah, I have ears. You know, mm. I, I I listened to it. It said it said all this stuff. You know, it said to hate, but I don't think that's what he meant. And so yeah, I was yeah. just left yeah. it at that. That oh yeah, I heard it. But, of course, what it really meant in the sermon was, I hope your mind's not closed to hearing the yeah. truth. And I'm like, oh. So if my mind was closed, which, you know, society would mm. put you mm-hmm. in those camps, right, and to say, oh, don't think about those other, the other side. Just think about this. Then I was like, yeah, I really try to be open-minded with people that I talk to. Um, and so, yeah, that piece of it, and understanding that that closed-mindedness was like could have been the Pharisees, right? Yes, absolutely. You know when they yep. were closed-minded, and then and then it came to me that would I have been a Pharisee mm. in that instance? Yeah. You know, would I have been if I was say a Jewish leader or something like that back then? Mm-hmm. What would I have done? And I, I might have been closed-minded. I might have turned away. Yeah. 
from Jesus. Well, and that's one thing you referenced in the sermon, um, talking about story and character. And, and I think you made the comment that so often I'll read a story and I, I want to be like the protagonist or the good guy, the hero. Oh, yeah. And for it's sure. like, I associate with that. For sure. But, but sometimes it's like, oh, I'm like the bad guy. <laughs> and like, I don't want to be like that. And, and that's, I think that's exactly what Jesus is trying to do here. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Don't, don't be one who's closed off and who won't hear. Be like one who's ready to receive and open-minded and, and ready to, to hear what I have to say more deeply. So, yeah. And, that, and you I know, it's, so, it's hard to do too, right? So to, um, to be open-minded when you're so dead set on a certain <laughs> uh-huh. moral high ground, whatever it is. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking, I'm talking about like the, the gray area, moral high ground stuff. Yep. You know, there's some yep. things that we're, we're positive is not yeah. good and, sure. yes. <laughs> and yep. that yep. type of stuff. So. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I, and I love that scripture does come alive. Each time we read it, we'll catch something maybe we didn't catch before. So I, I think that's so cool. And, and, I, and honestly, I do best when I'm preaching. Okay. Yeah. I struggle to read the Bible in that mode. Mm, sure. And I don't know, I can't put my finger on it. Maybe you can. Sure. But reading in that slowed down mode where, hey, if I'm reading this, maybe I ought to read it in a sense that I need to relay it to somebody else. How yeah. would I put it together? Mm-hmm. And so maybe maybe I make a regular cadence of talking to my wife about the scripture that I read. Yeah, that's good. And then it's going to force me to slow down mm-hmm. and really engage with the scripture and say, here's what I think it meant. Mm, yeah. you know, and then there's a great bonding time with your spouse, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I think there's that. There's a phrase or a saying out there in like communication or education it's like to teach is to learn twice and if we if we're looking to pass on what we've gained to teach somebody then we're learning it better we're learning it more deeply i think that's the, the heart of that and um yeah i'm i i even reflect on that as a preacher who's preaching regularly um the things that i preach on tend to go deeper into my own heart mm-hmm. and i think that's a good thing like lord teach me first so that I can pass on to other people. And I think that's a great, that's a great mindset to have. So can we all adopt that? Yeah. Like, it's not just for me, but maybe it's for the next person. Not to like, I want to, they need to learn this and, and, you know, a high above someone, but like, actually I want to share and I want to benefit somebody how I've benefited. I think that's a really great posture. To and, have. and that might be a good thing for, you know, just to, just to try. I mean, so if anybody's out there that says, Hey, I wouldn't mind trying, mm-hmm. do you have a recommendation for that? Like, should they just do an outline of how they'd like to? Yeah, I actually, that's a great question. I, I do think like taking some time to reflect how you'd communicate it to the next person. So maybe it's just a few simple bullet points, you know, of like, First this, then this, then this. Like, just that's that simple idea of how do how would I say what I'm reading in my own words? Maybe that's the way to do it. Yeah, a simple outline or rewrite a, a passage of scripture in your own words, summarizing oh, it yeah. that way. I think that's a that's a great practice. And then maybe actually, hey, can I just share this with you and tell your spouse or a friend or or a family member and. Or, or make your spouse sit on the couch and listen to you. <laughs> I don't even do that. So if you're listening, I can't even do that because I don't know that I'd be able to look anybody in the face if they're like watching me from That's the right. couch and That's it's just right. one-on-one. I couldn't do it. I yeah. couldn't do it. I, I don't usually do that. I have done it on occasion, but God bless my wife when she does sit through <laughs> that, right? <laughs> I'll call out Jake Hearing. I think he has his boys do it there downstairs. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so then thinking about the story and the parable itself, 
Um, and one of the, again, key ideas is, is we're called to count the cost. So what does that, what does that mean? What does it mean to actually count the cost? So I, I had to think through this, right, when I first was creating the, uh, the messages. Well, what does that actually mean? And so, you know, I immediately went to money, mm, right? Yep, but, yep. but we both know it's, it's way more than that. Absolutely. It is way more than that. And so it's kind of what I alluded to earlier on was, and say, uh, say it's the work environment, right? So if it's the work environment and, you know, you're, you're talking to somebody or you're talking to people and it's the culture's just not fitting your, your kingdom culture. And when I say, when I say kingdom culture, I mean, it's like a Jesus follower, right? That it's basically, you know, we're trying our hardest to follow what Jesus would say in any situation. Yes. Right. And so when, when, when their stuff is outside of where you're at and you step up for the kingdom culture they may not talk to you the same way mm. that they talked to you before. And mm-hmm. you feel you feel like you're on the outside. And mm-hmm. so that's the that's the that's a cost yeah. Yeah. of not being ex- knowing that you might not be accepted for your beliefs. That's the to me that's probably the biggest one. Again, because I want to be accepted. Mm. Sure. I want people to like me. Yeah. Um and so knowing that that's just not possible. Yep. I know that's just not possible that mm-hmm. um, besides my church family, mm-hmm. then I just have to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. And that's the cost. I have to be okay. And that's what Jesus was saying the whole time is, yeah. hey, yeah. just that's the cost, right? Mm-hmm. That's the cost is that um, you're giving up everything. Yeah. And so maybe some of it's your pride, some of it's your um, people pleasing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right, yep. and so we have to become okay with that, and that's—I mm-hmm. think that's truly the the bottom thing that he's saying mm-hmm. is, you know, I don't want—I want you to hate people. I don't want you to yeah, hate your right. family. Yes, yep. You know, I just want you to—I want you to be okay with who you are. Yep. As you, as you are my disciple. Yes. Yep. Right. Yeah, it, and I love how um, I think in some of our conversation and, and what you like putting Jesus as the top priority. Like he's going to take slot number one and everything else is going to fall under that. And I think that's the right explanation of the hate thing. It's he's not literally saying hate them because he calls people to love. And you, I think, explain that well. It's it's putting things in its right order and he gets that number one slot. And that may mean we have to sacrifice some work relationships or, or favor we might have um, people pleasing kinds of things. And, and like one thing that I I know I'm continually learning is giving up control. Like I want to make decisions. I want to decide how things are. And he calls me to lay that down. Counting the cost means I don't get to decide I'm going to follow. I'm not going to lead, you know, like that. That's some of what I see with it too. So I think that's right on. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's, it's not easy. Right. And so I, I mentioned that it's, um, that I've got to be okay with it. it. It's hard. It's hard, but it is, it is getting easier as I transition away from, and I think it's a, I do think it's a transition from mm-hmm. me always chasing um, promotions or sure. chasing yep. whatever it is out in the work environment, right? Just uh, trying to get better at that, trying to do all mm-hmm. this, knowing that I don't fit that mold anymore. Yeah. Yep. I think it is starting to get okay. Because I have a new mold, I'm putting on a new yeah. cloak or whatever you want to call it. So, yeah. mm. 
That's yeah, that's so good. We are different because of it. It's just a yeah. it's just a movement, yep. right? And yep. so you become okay in the new thing because I I know I'm loved here. I mean the the church loves me so well, mm-hmm. so well. Mm-hmm. You guys allowing me to be up there and uh, <laughs> preach is um, I mean it's amazing. Um, and so I need, like I said, just need to be okay with that. Yeah. So you're you're really pointing us to the risks. Like there's there's cost. We're gonna have to give up some things, and there's there's a risk factor. Like we're we're taking risk of of being alienated or being marginalized, and and, and among other things. I mean, there's even people throughout history and, and around the world they've given up their lives. Like they're risking their very life. Um, so there's risk. Uh, but we're we're afraid to take risks sometimes, aren't we? Like yeah. we we don't want to. So. What have you gained from either your study now or just your experience with this of like, how do we overcome that risk? And, and how do we help other people overcome the risks that often come with that? Like, what's a way that we can model, hey, this is risky, it's hard, there's a cost, but it's worth it. Like, what does that look like to model that? I, so I think for me, at least, the way to model that is the way Jesus kind of modeled it. Remember that? Mm. So we we talked about this was... Like right around feeding the five thousand. Oh, okay. I think. Yeah, sure, sure. So like right before that, he sent the disciples out in two. Yes. Remember yes. that? Yes, I do. In, in that series on Mark. Yeah. And I'm total believer in that, in that if me and Brian are together, if you and me are together, mm. I can do anything. So if uh, I need to go out to the riverfront and pray for people, or yep. if I need to Yep. Because that's risky, right? To me, it that's is. risky. Oh, for sure. Because yeah. my pride may get hurt, right? I might get <laughs> beat up for yeah, right, right, <laughs> praying right. for somebody, which that's always in our mind. Yeah, like, right. oh, no way. No way I'm going to go up to somebody just ask to pray. I'm going to look like an idiot. But, <laughs> but if I have Brian with me, if he's with me, not because he's the pastor no, at all. If, if Jake's with anybody that you have a close relationship with, which I hope everybody that's listening does has has at least one person that it's like you're tied into and you built you're building each other up. If you guys are together, hmm. to me, that's what reduces that risk like massively. Yes, massively. Yep. And so if if you haven't tried it out, I'd totally recommend getting somebody. Yeah, doing it with somebody. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I. I hadn't thought of it that way, but you're totally right. Like community, having another to encourage and build you up. And um, there's so many, like, there's so many scripture on oh that, my gosh, right? Yes, right. Like you look at Romans. <laughs> Romans talks about it all the time. It's like yes. it, you, you and your brother in Christ, you know, you build each other up and that type of stuff. And so it's, I think that's Romans. Don't quote me yeah, on that. Sure, sure, <laughs> like, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I hear somebody on the uh, other end of this trying yeah, to open the yeah, scripture like, and well, say, no, 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 no. That right. that's right. It was Ephesians. Yeah, no, community and and the the value of relationships of of the body of Christ sharing in this together, dude. Yes, that is that is such a good response to the risk thing because yeah. I think risk feels isolating. It feels alone. Exactly. And if, and if we have other people with us, man, that just mediates that so much. Or mediates yes. that so much. That is awesome. I I appreciate that so much. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, that's great. Um, so being able to count the cost. It strikes me, and, and as we've been dialoguing, like it's, it seems to take a lot of prayer and pause. Like intentionality is embedded within that. So, uh, and I, I think the world, our culture, um, uh, everything around us, it, it, it's noise and distraction and all that kind of. Stuff. So, is there anything that you found really helpful for you in terms of counting the cost 
to get into that place of prayer and pause and removing the distraction? Like, how do you knowingly step into this well rather than listen to everything else that's saying like, oh, this is a bad idea. Like, don't go there. How do you remove the distraction and, and really come to the Lord with this? So, so for me, um, I, I would say it comes from listening. And so I've learned that from my, from my daughters and my wife, yeah. right? Is yeah. because I'm, I've always been a solver, right? And so it's, sure. but from the standpoint of if you, instead of, um, instead of trying to get what you want to say out or, or how you want to operate, the thing is, is just to, to listen like whatever you're listening to or whatever you're reading, you're just listening. You're you're pausing. You're being quiet in the moment. I think God mm. talks about that, right? Is like mm. you just need to be quiet for a bit, mm-hmm. and that means to really you're trying to absorb what either somebody else is saying or you're trying to absorb what what God is saying, right? Mm-hmm. In that moment, and from that standpoint, that's what gives me a lot of a lot of comfort. I guess mm-hmm. is that. I'm able to listen. I'm able to move away from all this, all this noise and everything else going on. And say it's somebody that I don't agree with. Sure. Let's just use that as an example. Somebody I totally don't agree with. But if I come at it from the standpoint of, let me listen to this person. I want to understand where they're coming from. And, and I want to do it in a way that, Hey, this person is, trying to love in a way that they understand. Yeah. Right. Does that make sense? It's sure. like, they're trying to, they're trying to communicate uh, why they think they're this way and they and they believe it. And so if I listen to them and try to understand them, hmm. you know, that takes away the burden of me trying to change their mind about something and, and all that. I don't have to agree with them. Right. But, hmm. but that helps me a lot, I think. Yeah. No, that's so good. And man, listening is such an undervalued skill and practice, I think. And Oh, I'm way not good at it. Ask, ask, ask Stacy. If Stacey listens to the podcast, she'll like, oh yeah. Yeah, right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's he's no good at it at all. And so, but I feel like having two especially two older daughters now that are sure. really becoming adults into their own. Yeah. And they have their own thoughts. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so it's from that standpoint. I've had to become better at it, yep. especially at listening and not being so quick to yeah. throw my own stuff. But then you get into, mm. that just transitions into prayer then too. Yeah, for sure. Right? And for so sure. because then you're able to calm yourself down, you don't have all this backdrop. Yep. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Feeding at you because now you're in, you're in the mode of, not you're, you're just in the mode of listening. You're sure. no longer this closed-minded person you're open-minded. You're in the mode of listening, and then mm. that, and then when you pray and when you ask God for Scripture and stuff like that, mm. all of a sudden, I don't know. When you practice something, right? What is that? There's a whole thing where you, if you practice it, you become way better at yeah. it, right? Yes. Yep. And so yeah, you, you cultivate just, that habit, cultivate that skill. The more you do it, the more it becomes embedded. And, in I, you. and I think yeah. that's part of it, right? Is yeah. that that you can do it more than just prayer? Yeah. Right. Sure. You can do it when I'm talking to you. Yes. You know, right now, and if we're communicating on something, and even if I disagree, I can listen. Yeah. Yes. And try to understand. Mm. Right. So and good. so it's a whole shift mm. in how you operate yeah. versus just this outward focus. Yeah. You know, like, hey, I'm just going to 
<laughs> spew on you exactly what I think. <laughs> no, and, right, 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 right. And not really listen at all. Yeah. So listening is such an act of love. I mean, it is. It's it's thinking about the other person. It is. It's the way that we communicate like value to another person and 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 i think it actually is better communication listening first and all that the same is true for god and i think that's where you're you're ultimately pointing us to like we want to cultivate the skill and the practice of listening and we 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 do that with god too and we can do it all day long true if we really want to get better at it we can do it all day long in in all of our discussions that we have throughout the day where we're like okay Mm. let's just listen in Mm. Even if we don't agree, even if we're getting angry, mm-hmm. right? It's just like let's just let's just listen in yeah. and try to absorb this, yep, and see where they're coming from. Mm. That's yeah. so good. That's so good. Yeah. Well, um, maybe just kind of the last question to think through. So, um, you know, if we are if we're counting the cost, if we're putting the practice of listening and like really engaging with the Lord, and I think the part of the parables point was for Jesus calling the disciples and everybody listening like hey take this seriously be intentional don't don't go halfway don't go half-hearted like this is an all-in kind of thing and he he ultimately lands before that final statement of of having ears to hear but he talks about that salt and it, and I when I read the parable I'm always kind of like well why did he do that and and I have to kind of relearn like why is Jesus and I think I think part of what he's doing there is to say like salt is a preservative and you know, you, they used to use that to put on their foods to help preserve it and, and give flavor and, and all that kind of stuff. So it's like a life-preserving kind of thing. And I think he shares that to say um, that if if a disciple's halfway, they're not salty. Like, they're, they're, they're good for nothing. They're going to be thrown out. Jesus lands on that image. So, like, thinking about that, like, what does it look like for us as a church, as individuals, to stay salty, to stay all in, to stay meaningful and... and being, you know, conduits of, of life and, and salvation. Um, what does it look like for us to stay salty? Like, what are, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, so you're opening up to me, so I yeah, can say right. anything I want, right? right? right. <laughs> I guess you can cut this out if you don't want. Sure, get but, the edit button. You know, I don't think it's about not engaging with the world. You know, yeah, I think agreed. it's okay for us to engage uh, with the world, but when we let the world affect how we think... Right. Mm-hmm. When we think when we let the world dictate that yep. versus what we get out of scripture or what we get out of God, I think in those moments we remain salty and people see that. Mm. People know we're built different. When I say built different, that is that, that saltiness, right? It yeah, could be right. that saltiness, yeah. that preservative. It's like yeah. yeah. Okay, maybe there's something wholesome about that guy. Why he's different. I don't know mm. why that is. There's just something about him. Mm-hmm. But he maybe he loves really well. You know, and yeah. it's all these um, soft skills, I guess, or these yeah, soft sure, things sure. that people are like, okay, well, we wouldn't call it salty, I guess, per se, but mm. that's what you and I would call it, right? Yeah. Is that yeah. they're remaining salty. And so it's it's me moving, transitioning away from this worldly stuff that I've always desired and mm-hmm. yeah. moving into the, this uh, kingdom culture. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I think sometimes we... Um, we can fall within the spectrum of like completely running away from culture, disengaging, like just separating ourselves from culture. Right. I think there are Christians who do that, and that's not what Jesus wants from us, from us, and for us. And and He doesn't model that. And then at the same time, we don't also want to like completely give in. So we're not um, we're in the world, but not of the world. We are to be distinct and separate. 
Um, and so it's living in that, that tension between those two things where we're engaging with it. And I, I love, um, the language of like redeeming culture. We don't, we don't reject or, or separate from culture. We also don't become like culture. We redeem it. We, we, we offer salvation. I, to isn't it. that what we do now though? Is like, yeah. is cancel culture is what we, you know, is, yeah. is the way society right, acts, right? right? It's right. like it's canceling. And you're yes. saying just the opposite of that. Yeah, redeem it. And and it is, it's one of those things we have to engage with it. And I, I again, for me, one of the most helpful ideas or images in walking this house is imagining what Jesus would do if he were in my shoes. If he were living my life, walking out my life, what would he do? Can I go do that too? And I think that's the kind of thing, if we have that sort of mindset, like what would Jesus be doing if if he were interacting with this person in this moment, and and love and and grace and and um, like listening like these are all kinds of things I think Jesus would do and and they are the ways that we show him we reveal him and we reveal the gospel and and share uh, the salvation message both in word and in deed. Um, so yeah, like I think it's 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 embodying that kind of thing, like engaging with people, engaging with our culture. Yeah. You're spot on. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Well, Dave, um, thank you for preaching this last Sunday. We are so grateful for your work and investment and to bring us the word the way that you did. And we just, we appreciate it so very much. I want to let everybody know that there has been no sign of the chipmunk. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. We should have asked about that. So he's probably gone. There we're guessing, yeah, okay. <laughs> but but there has been no signs of anything being eaten or okay. anything like that. So we think it's gone. We're yep. not sure, but if we understand if nobody comes over to our house for a while, <laughs> might give it a couple of weeks. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. That'd probably be a good idea. Yeah, for sure. I love to hear the wrap up on that. So I hope that that proves to be true. Yeah. Chipmunk yeah, is yeah. Gone. yeah. 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 Yep. Well, thank you all for joining us on the podcast. So coming up this next week, we're going to continue in our series in the parables. And we're actually going to look at something that's sort of a parable. It's less a longer story and more of an image that Jesus uses. But um, he's going to be talking about like what makes us right or wrong with God. You know, he uses the language of defile. So like what defiles us? And it's not what we expect. So we invite you to join us on Sunday morning. Um, We'd love to have you in person at 10 a.m. Or you can join us online wherever you might be. But uh, again, Dave, thanks for joining us today. And thanks to all of you for joining us on this podcast. We hope that it's been helpful. Have a great day.